Welcome to another episode of Against the Fed. I'm your host, Victor E. Cooper. The Deep State also known as the Illuminati, also known as the New World Order, deserves an applause. And I think I am going to applaud the deep state because they deserve it for a job well done. Well done, Deep State, also known as the Illuminati. Well done. I, I think you deserve another applause for keeping the masses of people dummied down. Dummied down, lacking in principle, lacking in ambition, Refusing to think outside the idiot box. Would rather embrace mundane issues. It's amazing. But the masses of people don't bear the total blame because they had help. They were deliberately dummied down. A education system that does not encourage critical thinking. Thus, I, I wonder how did I escape? And I had a good upbringing, I guess. I guess I, I had a good mother. I had good teachers. I had... I was born in a time when we cared about civic issues. But the young folks today, they just don't seem to care. They, they, they're, they don't have this consciousness, this awareness. And at one time, you know, I can't, I can't say that uh, that I am so conscious because it took me a while to evolve. It took me a while to evolve because I always wanted to know the truth and my desire and passion for wanting to know the truth and not just the truth, but also having desire to be self-sufficient and having my own stuff. And as I desire these things and, and begin to work towards it, make steps towards it, then I begin to see these hurdles. And then I begin to question why it's this hurdle here. And then as I peel the onion of this issue, 
the more tears begin to drop from my from mine eyes, proverbially speaking. So the deep state needs an applause because of our job well done and keeping us dummy down, not questioning the things that are going around us. We don't care. We're so uh, uh, distracted with, as they say, bread and circus. Bread, bread and circus. Maybe someday we will wake up. Earlier today at work, I was kind of interviewing a friend concerning the uh, banking system. I had asked him, where did the bankers get their money? And during our discussion, a person walks up towards us wearing two masks. And the first thing that came, comes, came to my mind was, oh, this is, this is a Biden supporter. <laughs> well, <laughs> this is a Biden supporter right here wearing two masks. I've seen quite a few people wearing two masks. And uh, I have to, once again, I have to uh, applaud the deep state for a job well done. A job well done, man. Here, here, here. Wearing two masks, not one, but two masks. And, uh, and you know, I'm hearing about uh, medical reparations, not just reparations, but medical reparations amongst black folk. We want our vaccines because we're afraid of the corona. You know, uh, every man has right to his opinion. And um, my issue is don't force your opinion on me. If you um, are paranoid about corona, then put on the mask. You know, uh, it, there's two sides. You know, to every story, as as it says, as the old saying goes, two sides of every story. 
And then there's three. You got his side, you got her side, and you got the truth. So, you know, uh, the people are so trusting of mainstream media. It just, it, 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 it just, it's just mind blowing. It's mind blowing to me. Just because this person's on TV, I guess what they're saying is right. Because they heard it on the news. And it just, you know, all the, the people on the news, they won't lie to you. Well, I'm here to tell you, you better think again. Because these people are some lying. Shut your face. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Remember what Shaf says? Shaf is a bad mother. Shut your mouth. So, uh, one more, one more again, one more again for keeping the people dummy down. I want to applaud the deep state, also known as the Illuminati, also known as the New World Order. I was wearing my mask because I just got back from a full day of being a good person. I love my mask because it's a simple yet effective way to display my righteousness. Am I concerned that two children in China dropped dead because they were forced to wear masks in gym class? Nope. Am I concerned that we're creating a generation of children who will be socially awkward and conditioned to fear their fellow man? No. Am I concerned that I'm contributing to an impending socialist technocracy that will enslave the global population? Not even a little bit. Am I concerned that my mask is symbolic of my compliance to the social conditioning that will eventually lead to the forced vaccination of every man, woman, and child on planet Earth? Not a chance. And why am I not concerned, you ask? I'm not concerned because I decided a long time ago that shallow and significant gestures are a much easier way to showcase my morality than actually being moral. Because in order to be a real good person, I gotta stand up to a real bad person. And I don't like standing up to or for anything. I've decided that it's much easier to trick my own mind into thinking compliance is a virtue instead of what compliance actually is. Cowardice. I prefer to float through life completely ignorant to the fact that every socialist takeover has always begun in the exact same way. With government overreach, public shaming, censorship, and a toilet paper shortage. Don't believe me? Google toilet paper shortage in communist Russia. Did you think you were having a unique experience? I prefer to pretend history never repeats itself so that I can stand by and turn a blind eye every time history repeats itself. I prefer to call anyone who speaks up, fights back, or stands their ground a lunatic or a conspiracy theorist so that I don't feel obligated to do my own research. Research takes away from me time. And lastly, I prefer to put on my mask and stand among a sea of masks so that I never have to be seen, be free, or reveal the deep dark shadows that lurk within me. I just want to ask you, uh, where did the bankers get their money, man? That's a simple question. Man, they steal the money from the people that deposit them. They money. stole the money from the people, but where did the people get their money then? Yeah, it's from their job. From the job. They go to work and, and they, they, they tell them, put your money in the bank, save it. Okay, but, okay, 
you say the bankers got the money from the people and the people got it from the job. Okay, where did the, the businesses or the jobs, where did they get, where did they get their money? Where the money, where is this money coming from? I mean, you know, these dead presidents, as we call them, you know, with faces of Georgia. Oh, they stole it from the African nations, man, from the... So you're saying they stole, okay, these pieces of paper with George Washington face, Abraham Lincoln face, they stole it from the African nation. No, Talking about they, those pieces of paper. They steal the resort and build this country, then they um, make their own money. Okay. Uh, maybe my question is not clear yeah, enough. I'm not, maybe I'm not understanding your question clear enough, probably. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, but that's that's the question. Where did the bankers get their money? Oh, um, from the government, I guess. From the, from the government. Uh, you you uh, you aware of the Federal Reserve Act that was passed in 1914 by Woodrow Wilson? I'm not aware of it, but I know they did pass something to create the yeah, Federal he, Reserve Bank. Yeah, in in 1914. Yes, sir. And gave them the power to make to, money uh, to loan the people money at interest. I got you. So, and I'm asking, where did they get their money? But but back then. Uh, during 1914, that we were using, I, I call it hard money, gold, silver, oh, copper. And then around 1933, FDR... Discontinued uh, that. I heard about that. Well, he took the gold from the people. And then they began to issue these paper dollars. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, around 1971, uh, well, th those paper dollars really were supposed to be backed by gold. But in 1971, Nixon uh, took Stop us up. Yeah, he st he stopped it. So generally, I'm asking, where did the bankers get their money? I know it's it's, it's kind of a uh, uh, from the Federal Reserve. Yeah, the Federal. Well, what I mean is the Federal Reserve Bank. Where did the Federal Reserve Bank get their money? Oh, from the I think I read this somewhere from the Rockefellers, from the uh, the Rothschilds, Rothschilds of oh, the world. Okay, that's a, that's a good enough answer. It's not the correct answer, in my opinion, but I'm glad you engaged me. Thanks, Tony. You know, I would like to ask you, uh, where did the bankers get their money? From the people. From the people? Yeah. Well, where did the people get their money? The Can I ask you your, may I ask you your name? I'm Manoj. Who? Manoj. Manoj? Yeah. And, okay, you're here in America, and uh, I'm, a, I'm a native here in America. And uh, how long you been in America, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, it's around one and a half months. Two months. About two months? Yeah. Okay, so you're fairly new. Yeah. So you say the bankers get their money from the people. But where do the people get their money from? Using the hardware. They earn the money. They earn the money. They, they earn the money? Yeah. Okay, they earn the money from... Whoever whoever they work for, but yeah. then the corporations or the businesses, where did they get their money from? How, where, where, where is this money coming from? It's like a cycle, right? It goes from the people to the company, to from the company to the people, and it goes on. But, but then... But there's a middleman in there. Okay, our money, it has, uh, it has different faces of presidents, you know, George Washington, mm -hmm. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, uh, Woodrow Wilson. Okay, yeah. somebody put them faces there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't do that. <laughs> so, okay, you from you say Pakistan? India. Oh, India. Oh, oh India. 
uh, are there faces? You guys use paper currency? Yeah, yeah. We have only uh, one picture. It's of Mahatma Gandhi. Oh, yeah, a picture of Mahatma Gandhi. Yeah, yeah. So I'm assuming that there's a printing press. Yeah. And you got a banking system. Mm -hmm. And so does the government print the money up or does the bankers print the money up? How does it work? In, 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 in uh, government prints the money. Uh, there's a central bank called Reserve Bank of India. Okay. Uh, the government orders it to print. And so the bank, uh, right. based on how the currency is flowing, right. it starts printing if there's a shortage of the money. Right. Uh, it maintains the balance. So. Okay. Uh, don't you think you can do that if you wanted to uh, print some money? Why you can't print up the money? Why the, why, why somebody else got to print the money up and you can't print it up? Because uh, you're a person just like yeah. like the uh, president. You're a person just like uh, a governor or a mayor or or a banker. You, He's a person. I'm a person. So what gives him the right to print up money and give it to me? Well, I can print up money and give it to the so-called banker. So uh, why, why, did, why does the what bank... What the print is just a piece of paper, but uh, that there's a sign, right? It's a guarantee that you can exchange goods with that paper. So that is how the value of currency comes around. The value of currency comes from what now? Uh, because it is a guarantee, but you can exchange that piece of paper anywhere for any piece of any goods. Okay. Normally, if I write, uh, if I make a paper and nobody will take that on the face value, right? No. They can't trust me that I'll give the money. Right. So, the government acts as a guarantor for the money. You said the government. Okay. Yeah. What kind of government is? What kind of government is India? It's a democratic one. It's democratic. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll leave it at. Okay, that's a good three minutes and, <laughs> and a half. I'll leave it at that. I go with. All I really want is like yeah. three minutes or so. Thank you. Plausible deniability. What does that mean? According to Wikipedia, plausible deniability is the ability of people, typically senior officials, in a formal or informal chain of command to deny knowledge of or responsibility for any damnable actions committed by others in an organizational hierarchy because of a lack of absence of evidence that can confirm their participation. Even if they were personally involved in or at least willfully, willfully, excuse me, ignorant of the actions. If illegal or otherwise disreputable or unpopular activities become public, high-ranking officials may deny any awareness of such acts to insulate themselves and shift the blame onto the agents who carried out 
the acts as they are confident that their doubters will be unable to prove otherwise. The lack of evidence to the contrary ostensibly makes the denial plausible, meaning credible. But sometimes it makes the denial only unactionable. Plausible, plausible deniability, in my opinion, is a fancy phrase for the blame game. I didn't do it. The other guy did. Okay. With that said, my friend Tony, he is just an example of how deep the masses of people had been dummy down concerning money and banking. And he told me afterwards that he was going to invest in Bitcoin. I think he said he invested already. And I gave my opinion concerning Bitcoin. If I don't want paper, I don't want electricity. So uh, it is what it is. But notice that when I had asked, I said, where do the bankers get their money from? It was a it was a broad general question. But he should have readily said, oh, they create money out of thin air. Huh? But we are so distracted by chasing the dollar that we don't even think outside the idiot box and ask, why am I chasing this dollar? Why do I have to work for a living? Why do I have to have a mortgage? Why do I have to pay for bananas and apples and oranges and these things that were made by God that gave it to us for free, but yet though I have to pay for something that God has made. Huh? Why do I have to pay for land? Why do I have to do these things? Where am I in history? Where am I in history? Who am I in history? Who am I? What is my status in life in re re really, in reality? What is my status in life? Who am I? This concludes 
another episode of Against the Fed. I'm your host, Victor E. Cooper.